1: everybody to the pro football show for Friday, April 17th. We are now less than a week away next week from now. We'll be recapping the first round of the NFL draft. we a week away and what's going on around the league and certainly the uh, final meetings and preparations and the discussions going on around the league. We're going to get into some of that, what's going on uh, as well as Uh, some key thoughts about uh, teams and what they're looking at and with their current personnel as well as as in this draft. A reminder that for complete and detailed analysis and breakdowns and scouting reports on the draft, go to LandryFootball.com, get the scouting season offer. Take advantage of it now, folks. You get real NFL-style draft boards, and you can listen to NFL Draft Room-style scouting reports while looking at a real NFL Draft Board. Understand how it's done. Not like some of these goofy lists of just ranking of guys with numbers that don't mean anything. It doesn't tell you where the first-round value is, where the second-round value is, where the third-round value, third value, or any of that. Uh, it, uh, it is a complete different environment when you can see it from the eyes of someone that has run drafts for years and years, so we're we've got to all we've got all that for you. So take advantage of that, as well as in our notebooks, all the news and notes that's going on around the league. A reminder, not only to check out LandryFootball.com and take advantage of that scouting season offer, but it is a great time to check in with our folks at 401k Generation. They are the sponsor of this podcast. They are the reason that we can do this show for you and bring it to you. Each and every day. So give them a call. Give them a text. They are the experts in financial planning. They can give you the type of advice that you need to move forward with your ideas, your planning, your financial checkup today in a market that we're in now, in a normal market. They can answer questions for you, and they can do it in regardless of what state you're calling from. They're licensed in all 50 states. So that's the uniqueness of what they do. Call Eddie Rojas and his team of finance professionals today or give them a text or go to LandryFootball.com, click on 401k generation on the left side, and find out more about what they do. Call at 866-998-5879. Call or text. That's 1-866-998-5879. If you would like to promote your business or brand yourself, we can absolutely help you do that. Go to LandryFootball.com, hit Contact Chris, and we'll get in touch with you. It's also where you want to go if you got a question. And Jacob and John and Kevin have got some good questions that we're going to get to here in this podcast as well. So check that out. All right, so <clears throat> the league has announced that they are planning to release the schedule. You know they normally do it in April. They're going to release it on May 9th. And it's going to be based on a full season. The adjustments to the schedule are going to be made, and if necessary, uh, they'll do just that. Contingencies remain in discussion. It sounds like the NFL won't be announcing a delay to their season anytime soon. Of course, it remains to be seen if everything will actually be on schedule. Surely won't be the last news regarding it. I am curious to see. I don't think they will do this because I've not heard anything that would suggest that they would. But when they come out with the schedule, or are they going to do something that maybe I thought that would be a good idea? Let's front load the schedule with the um, inter-conference games. Meaning, as you all know, that each division in a conference plays another division, The other the, the four teams in another division in another conference it would make all the sense in the world to front-load the schedule with all of those games. Because if you needed to shorten the schedule by one game, two games, three games, four games, those are the games that are the least important, least integral as it relates to determining the best teams in the conference. So leave the 12 remaining conference game, including all of your division games, the round robin, in the last 12. It's what I would do. I've not heard them say that they're going to do it or not do it. I I guess we're going to find out. But it would make all the sense in the world. I mean, why would you schedule a key division game, what have you, in the early part of the season? Um conference game that may determine head-to-head or a bye. Why would you do that in the early part of the season? Well, you do it in a normal year because you're going to play all the games. But when there is a possibility, maybe some might say a probability that it might be a shortened season, will they do that? Let me answer and see. We'll find out. Some news around the league, some signings of today. The Bengals signed running back Jock Patrick to a three-year contract, 6'3", thirty six three, turn it, 36 pounds, went undrafted out of Florida State last year, didn't do a whole lot, went into the XFL and was not all that impressive, but uh, curious to see how he might do. Outside shot at um, surviving camp with the Bengals whenever we get there. The Raiders re-signed Daniel Car- Carlson, the kicking Carlson, a one-year, $750,000. Contract, it's the exclusive right free agent signing to him. Uh, the Patriots uh, re-signed Jermaine el to his original round tender. Uh, the 49ers re-signed Matt Brady to a one-year $3.3 million contract. It's been chatter that Brady may not be secure. Second round tender, he's got lightly used down the stretch last year. It's a crowded backfield. Curious to see. Uh, how this one will play out there. Um, the Raiders re-signed David Sharp, their offensive lineman, until a one-year $2.13 million contract, 24-years-old reserve lineman. Uh, the Saints re-signed Dwayne Washington. The ex-Lion merged as a good special teamer for the Saints last year. Didn't do a whole lot out of the backfield, but um, it's got – some ability on special teams. The Raiders re-signed Nathan Peterman, the quarterback, to a one-year, $2.1 million contract. Spent 19 on IR, the elbow injury with Mariota and um, in a car. Uh, he's certainly going to be the third guy there. Uh, Jason Kelsey has informed everyone he's going to be back for the 2020 season. Uh, he has uh, started 126 games for the Eagles, started all 16 games in all but two seasons. It's been a rock for him. So he's coming back, ready to go. Over in Denver, offensive tackle Elijah Wilkinson has signed his second-round tender, um, uh, restricted free agent tender, $3.259 million. Broncos offensive lineman as a whole wasn't all that bad. Wilkinson did not grade out very well, though. Uh, also on the defensive line, Mike Purcell signed his second-round uh, restricted free agent tender, played in 13 games last year, Um racked up 48 tackles, eight tackles for losses. Uh, The Steelers signed tackle Anthony Coyle. Um, They added uh, Breon Borders and Jason Kenoy and Arian Springs in addition to Coyle. Um, They were each part of the XFL. No one has been more aggressive in signing XFL players than the Pittsburgh Steelers. They uh, also signed Breon Borders, the defensive back, played in 13 games with the Bills, Jags, and Redskins since 17. He'll be fighting to keep a roster spot um, in play. Over in Houston, Bill O'Brien, obviously speaking now as we get closer to the draft, uh, made a couple comments. Says he's not concerned about Brandon Cook's concussion history. Says he's only missed a couple of games. Um, Said they looked into all of that. Um, Said that Will Fuller, with his core muscle surgery repair, is doing great. says things are going well, uh, and uh, they think that David Johnson, he thinks David Johnson is a three-down back, he's got some productive years left, uh, past his physical. So uh, they're excited about him. They're excited about Randall Cobb. Uh, they're excited about Brandon Cooks. And so they have, um, you know, see how things will play out, obviously without D Hop, uh, but they are certainly uh, putting players in numbers there. Over in Kansas City, they're adamant they want to get a long-term deal done with Chris Jones. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to do it. He has not signed his franchise tag yet. Um, we'll see how this plays out. They want to keep him, and clearly uh, he's going to make $16.1 million a year this year on the tender. So look at that as kind of the starting negotiating point for an average per year deal. Um, some draft news, the Lions... Had another visit with Zach Moss. They're very active with visiting a lot of, with a lot of running backs. They've had meetings with Swift and Dobbins and Darrington Evans. Also been rumored to looking at Jonathan Taylor, uh, at on Johnson, of course, that they have there. So we'll see what they do. It's been running back by committee and looking like they might be wanting to add another one at some point. How high, I'm not sure. Interesting notes about the Eagles potentially recruiting Cole McDonald as an undrafted free agent candidate doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be talking to players like that. That's a sure way to kind of, uh, I think what you want to do, and I think it's, here's my what my experience tells me. What you do in certain cases, you tell guys we like you, don't know what our circumstances are going to be, don't know if we're going to be in a position to draft you, yada yada yada. But um, hope for you, you get drafted. If you don't, this is why we think you're a good fit here, so on and so forth. But uh, I don't know that they went out and is recruiting them as an undrafted free agent. That's that's that is I can tell you not true. But it's matter of semantics and understanding of how the process works, I guess. Chase Claypool, who we've talked about uh, at nauseum over at LandryFootball.com and see where we've got him on the draft board and what the scouting report says. But a lot of teams are projecting him. Some teams are projecting him to tight end. Big receiver, H-back tight end, 6'4", 240-ish, really can run, not very productive. What you do with them, where you play them, is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But a number of teams are looking in that regard. The Falcons seem to be floating out there that they have an interest in maybe moving up. Uh, Who would they be moving up for? Javon Kinlar makes a lot of sense if they're comfortable with his medical grade. I think he's one of the best players in this draft. I do not think moving up for C.J. Henderson makes a lot of sense. Pass rushers a big need. We know they've not been successful there, but an interior guy that can play some in some 4-3 and 3-4 alignments, the versatility, the explosion, Makes all the sense in the world, Javon Kinlaw'd Be absolutely outstanding. Um, will the Giants have recently messed with Logan Wilson uh, of Wyoming, who I think has really good instincts, shows good coverage ability. Uh, they need help at linebacker at some point. Most people think that they're going to take an offensive lineman with their first pick, that they may not be one of those teams that are uh, enthralled with an Isaiah Simmons uh, and what he could potentially do from a versatility standpoint. Uh, absolutely um, going to be interesting to see what the Giants do early and later on in this draft. And, of course, the Bengals still on tap. They've actually maxed out their meeting time with Joe Burrow, as they're allowed to conduct three one-hour calls with a pros- per week with a prospect, and they've done just that. Uh, obviously, there are no indications at this point that the Bengals are going to do anything other than draft Joe Borrow number one. But don't know, not official until it is done. All right, got some questions here. Kevin asks, can you please explain if this type of draft system would be feasible, Perhaps something similar is already being utilized. Do the a do the normal process of uh, ascertaining draft grades on all players. Do the standard process of assigning letter codes to individual players where applicable. C. Use your best judgment. Adjust the player's grade for the letter codes. Example: You have the linebacker with a six five grade, but has frame issues. So, with your best judgment, adjust the grade accordingly to the deficiency that the frame issue creates. For example, if you think the six five player is more likely to be a 5'5 because of frame issues. No, Kevin. The 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 reason why you put the numerical grade and the letter grade is you don't want to lower a player's grade from 6'5 five to 5'5 five, five because he's a frame guy. You want to acknowledge and grade him as a 6'5 if that's what he's deserving of. The F grade or the S grade or the you know, whatever, the H grade, whatever you want to put that so that it tells you clearly where a guy grades out as a player. But when you attach the letter grade, be it medical, be it character, being the height deficient, then that can be a tiebreaker. But when you start to jerry-rig and move a guy down to 5-5 because of him being an F or an S, you're falsely grading him at that point. As I always say, you can't, uh, because the guy lacks height, you can't downgrade his speed. What you're doing is by moving him down, you're taking away the very things that make him a 6'5 grade. Okay, he's graded at a 6'5. He's a frame-deficient guy. That just means that up against another player with a 6'5 grade, you're going to take the 6'5 grade player that's cleaner, that doesn't have that. But if you sit there and because of the frame, you put him down the 5-5, the five, five, well, then what you're doing now is you're saying, okay, how does he compare with the 5-5? Five, five? Well, you don't want to do that. You have to decide how concerning is the, the, the letter grade. Is it a is it a big issue, a little issue? But you need to grade them as they are as a player. It's just like you don't lure the guy's grade because he's got a bit of a character problem. You grade him as a football player. Then you affix the character grade on him, and you make a determination where you want to go. For example, I graded Randy Moss. He was the best player in the draft. He was a 7-0. You know, Kevin, you've, you've asked a question about why well, 7 Randy Moss was a 7-0. I'm not going to take the character grade and move him down to 6-0. Because what you move him down to 6-0, you're saying he's now a 6-0 player. Well, he's not a 6-0. He's a 7-0. But he's a character question. So he was a 7-0, top of our board with a character shield, which meant we, we couldn't take him. We didn't take him. But I'm not going to make him less of a player. I'm going to say, you know, this is why we're not going to take him. Because of character. Or... I'm going to take another guy ahead of this guy because he doesn't have the frame issue or the speed issue or the learning issue, whatever the case may be. But the playing ability, the football grade needs to be where it is. That's why if we wanted to do that, you would just change the process and wouldn't give letter grades. That's the whole point of adding the letter grade to the number grade. So you mentioned input the final adjusted grades into software. You know, Kevin, the computer's there to organize the information, not to grade players. You know, as I say, if you look on the critical factors in each position on the draft board, it tells you the most important things you look for at each position in that order. So when you have tiebreakers, you, you look at any letter grade you have on a player, that could be a tiebreaker you look at the, the most important critical factors at each position and you put the grade that you gave each of those players at those different critical factor positions and obviously weighting it towards what's most important, you can break your ties there. Uh, in terms of putting in the software for trade parameters and all that, on draft day a player you say if a player is selected, the software automatically updates the remaining players that will produce the best player available. Kevin, all of that's already on the board. You already know who the best players are available. You already know because you've set it up. You know the best players are on your board today. That's why you have a board. You pull the guys off or they draft it. So the guys that are there, now, again, this year, it's a virtual draft board where you have to put them, take them off the board electronically on a computer. Normally you have it in a draft room. So so what you're asking for has already been done. Um, And I don't want – no, I don't want – I don't need a computer to grade the player for me. I need the computer to organize the information so that the reports are neat and easily legible and easily organized. And, you know, those things are really good. We don't need to call up who are the highest remaining players – It's already there. It's already there right now. And as they come off the board, you know who the highest grade. When it's the fifth round, you already know who's the highest grade. You want to know about who's the fastest receivers of the – we already got it up. I mean, it's already there. So what you're talking about is already pre-done. Historical question. Why were the Steelers, Packers, and Jets not all that relevant during the 80s? Bad scouting departments. Uh, the Steelers, when um, they missed a lot of guys, Dick Haley ran a lot of their drafts, and when he moved on, it hurt them. The Jets had some issues, and the Packers really did a pay. That's why Ron Wolf came in and, and ran it, turned it around. But bad scouting departments. They did, did really poor jobs. Bart Starr, the great Bart Starr, who's the coach and general manager of the Packers, and they had re- pretty good scouting staff, Red Cochran and that crew, um, Red Cochran uh, wanted to one of their really good scouts. Uh, wanted to draft Joe Montana and Bart Starr. They decided he didn't want to take took a defensive lineman because that was a bigger need. And then the next year they ended up needing a quarterback and they took Rich Campbell out of Cal. And um, you know Red Cochran wanted him to take Ronnie Lott out of USC. So the Packers could have had Joe Montana and Ronnie Lott in back-to-back years. And they got two guys that didn't even make the roster. You know, look, mistakes like that are made. There are lots of stories. That's going to be a book one day of all the things that took place behind the scenes in the draft room that you don't know about because they didn't take place. But they were going to take place until they didn't for whatever reason. Uh, but the Steelers, Packers, and the Jets all struggled with bad scouting departments. Um John asks, I wonder if you knew anything about a scout named C.O. Brocato. I knew C.O. Well, C.O. worked for me over at, at Houston in Tennessee. I read he was a very good and innovative scout. Uh, he's, he's good. C.O. worked hard. He was good at workouts. He was organized. He was very – C.O. was more of a character than anything. Everybody knew C.O. Um, he was a guy that organized these pro day workouts and stuff. He wasn't innovative as a scout. He – you know, he was like any other scouts. He 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 missed a lot of guys, and you know he, you know I think as he got older, he probably didn't put as much time on the film work. But you know we worked together, and we kind of, uh, you know, he didn't like you know Eddie George. He didn't like Steve McNair. He didn't like a lot of the guys we drafted, but we drafted a lot of guys, and you know he didn't decide who we drafted. He did good things in gathering information for us, and then we made the decisions on the draft. And um, But he did a good job. Um, uh, his You're asking, are scouts' opinions on players heavily in the draft process? Uh, I think it depends. It, it is, depending upon skill and experience. Uh, I think today it's probably more uh, of a consensus, more of a number of guys. Look, if you've got multiple guys – um, on your staff, there's a lot of opinions, and sometimes too many cooks in the kitchen can cause a problem. You know, I laugh because everybody's talking about, you know, uh, not going to be in the draft room. I, I'd i have loved it just to be able to run the draft and not have to deal with the aggravation of having other people in the room. Probably could have done a better job in a lot of respects. But uh, I, GMs, no, a lot of GMs today listen because look at the GMs today. you got like a guy like Mayock that has no – scouting background has no clue john gruden's going to run run those drafts um you know uh uh, howie roseman at philadelphia has no football background a lot of guys have no football background in evaluating skills so um a lot of them listen to people but who they listen to depends upon the organization and the people some the coaches have a lot more uh, say so in it some Certain scouts have uh, more input, and it depends upon the skill level and the experience level of the scout. But Seal did a good job, did a lot of background information for us, um, and, uh, and certainly helped us. Uh, we, we made the decisions, though, on who we drafted and, and, and did, and that was never his um, uh, role. Jacob asks, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not asking if the Saints will trade Melvin Kamara. My question is, in general, would you rather have Kamara and pay him in the neighborhood of $10 million or draft someone like DeAndre Swift? While well, Kamara is certainly better right now. Do you think the drop-off is worth the extra money? You have to look at every situation differently, Jacob or Jack. Um, you're asking the question specifically about the Saints. Well, the best move for the Saints is to keep Kamara and use that draft pick on somebody that can help the team right now. The Saints are trying and have been trying for the past several years to win one more Super Bowl with Drew Brees. You know, I mean they're, they're trying to win once Drew Brees is gone, of course, but their best chances with Drew Brees. So, in theory in a general sense, if you feel like a running back might you could replace him with a younger guy and not have to pay him. That's a theory going forward that would have some legitimacy. First of all, Kamara's better. Swift can be really good. I think Kamara's better right now if he can stay healthy. Wasn't healthy last year. Um, I think DeAndre Swift can be really good. I don't think he'll be as good as Alvin Kamara was when he's been healthy. Now, how much longer will Kamara be healthy and play as well and drop off That's a fair point going forward. But the Saints are not doing anything going forward. They've got, like, five draft picks. They're not going to take one of them on DeAndre Swift. I wouldn't. When they've got other needs to try to make this. Now, if they feel like DeAndre Swift could play with Kamara and it's the best option for them, you know, it would be interesting to see if they can fill the other needs, here's the issue, is where are they going to be? Who's going to be on the board when they pick? I still think they've got some needs on defense. Um, I think they've added a receiver, but I, I, and I don't certainly would not take a tight end early in this draft, but there's some other needs that they have. I would say this, Jack. If a running back in this draft, whether it's Swift or anyone else, they really like at some point to give them a better option. Basically, you know they lost Mark Ingram. If they had someone to pair with Kamara, that would be the direction to go. And if it's a young guy that plays well with Kamara, it could mean a huge difference for the Saints run next year. Absolutely, and I'd consider that. And – if it turns out that you've got your next guy, then you've basically got what just happened with Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram wasn't signed because they choose to say, well, we've got Camara, and we're just going to have to sign him. And he's, of the two, he's the one that's most valuable, particularly since we'd have to pay you a ton of money, Mark Ingram, to keep you we don't have to pay a ton of money because Alvin Kamara's on a rookie contract. They could replicate that again with another young back, yes. And having the dual of those two would be great. If they feel swift for someone else, is that role. But if they can find value in a running back a little bit later, like they did with Kamara, by the way. not Kamara was not a first-round pick. Do they pass a really good impact player at another spot? that could help this team, I, I don't know that they do that. So it's a good thought, and it's would not dismiss it, but only if he's the guy, that guy that you draft at running back needs to be able to help you this year with Kamara in a rotational role. If he doesn't, then it doesn't really fit everything that they've done, which is to restructure contracts out the wazoo to make for a short-term run. So to make a short-term run and then make a pick to say, well, we're going to kind of sit this rookie and he's not going to have a big impact uh, and and we're just going to – well, you're only going to not sign Kamara and and play the young guy in replacement of Kamara going forward if that guy has commensurate not just skills but production this past year. So good food for thought there. All right, folks, appreciate you joining us. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday to break down more of what's going on in the NFL as we'll flip our um, attention to draft week. It'll be draft week when we next reconvene. So have a great weekend. Um, remember to check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest news and notes going on the weekend, all the scouting boards, excuse me, the draft boards, the scouting reports that we've got for you. Take advantage of the scouting season offer and give the folks at 401k generation a call or a text at one eight six six nine nine eight five eight seven nine. You can go to LandryFootball.com uh, on the left side. Check out what 401k generation is all about. Send them a, a nice little, uh, email and send them a little link uh, a little check in with them over the weekend tell them that you heard about us uh, heard about them here on this podcast hey appreciate you joining us flip on over to the college podcast as well to learn more about what's going on with the draft and all things football enjoyed it have a great weekend talk to you Monday
0: anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect